0: Blast. and we are live yes on the wrap it up podcast
1: what a mistake game four.
0: game four toronto raptors improved to 4-0 127-106 after they dummy the charlotte hornets bobcats michael jordan's whatever you want to call them my name is Sheldon alexander
1: and i am john Shidley hill
0: right and, you know, this is kind of odd, because
1: for those weird. who don't
0: know, I, John and I have some history. We went to high school together. Yes. Uh, we were both reconnected, I guess, because we were both covering the Toronto Raptors at the same time. Yes. Um, and now we do a podcast together on a show, about a show called The Challenge yes. on MTV. We do a weekly podcast. So it's kind of funny, because now we're doing another podcast together about the Toronto Raptors, but That's it's right. funny, because... Our actual jobs involve working in sports, but we're used to talking each other, talking to each other on a podcast yeah. about an MTV reality show.
1: We speak more to each other on a podcast than we do in actual life. <laughs> and I should also say, aside from my mom, I think I speak to you the most of anyone in my life, is at least on the phone. We,
0: is that just because like, we don't talk to anybody anymore? It's all text messages? Yeah. That's fair. That's fair.
1: You received a phone call earlier tonight, and I was like, who gets a phone call <laughs> aside, aside from recording our podcast?
0: It's very true. Facts only, as the kids say.
1: Yeah, so far, we're like um, five for five on facts.
0: We're doing well. We're doing well. You know who else is doing well? The Toronto Raptors. And they Yes, are. there is a mayoral race tonight, but I think the real mayor of Toronto is now Kawhi Leonard. Wow. I'm ready to crown it. I'm ready to crown it.
1: You know, I mean, I know we're going to get to this at some point, but Mm -hmm. I would not say he was the best Toronto Raptor on the court tonight. He's not the guy that I I tabbed.
0: Okay, okay, we will get to that. That's a nice tease. It's a solid tease, right? That's how we do.
1: That's how we do. I made a reeling gesture for those that are not watching the video.
0: We'll start, though, with, I guess, like, should I explain? I guess after this becomes, like, a podcast, I should explain what this is. But we do this live after each and every Raptor game, I'm joined by one or maybe two of my friends, depending on the night, you Mm -hmm. know, and we just talk Raptors basketball, and it goes live on Twitter, Yep. Twitter and Periscope, you can watch it live right after the game, and then that podcast gets packaged, and you can find that, you know, for your commute the next day, or maybe you want to watch it late night, you can watch it on YouTube, you can listen on iTunes, you can listen on SoundCloud, you can listen on Google Play, you just search Ball on Blast, no, sorry, you search On Blast Podcast, and you will find... This Wrap It Up Raptors post-game show. But let's get down to it tonight. Yes. Raptors, Hornets. First thing that caught my attention was the fact that Toronto Raptors starters for tonight's game, Kyle Lowry, mm-hmm. Danny Green, yes, Pascal Siakam, yes. Serge Ibaka, and the return of Kawhi Leonard after his one game of rest. The starting lineup. It's been a theme this entire season so far. Mm-hmm. This starting lineup could be like their actual... Like, if you're going to say the majority of the games played this year, this could be that starting lineup, no?
1: Yeah, and and I think that was Nick Nurse's plan from training camp. He certainly Mm -hmm. said it. I'm going to go ahead and quote him. Oh, He said, Pascal's been great. Mm -hmm. I think uh, that him playing center could happen. It could happen. He said that back in training camp. Yeah. And certainly through training camp and as you just said, Four games into the regular season, we're seeing that. And, we are, and I think it's a good investment too. Like I think Siakam was one of the better players tonight. On, is on both one teams. of those
0: guys. Siakam one of those guys where not everything he does shows up on the score sheet. No. He's a good intangible guy. He grabs a lot of rebounds. As mentioned before, you know the way that the confidence level that you see this kid with this year, in terms of he gets the ball and he's just going, like off the rebound. He's not looking for an outlet pass. He's taking the the game to the other team. Um, To watch that development, to watch just the other side of this is Serge Ibaka, okay? Serge Ibaka has been a major theme for a couple games in a row now, because he's had three consecutive good games. And I wrote down a question for you. Is it time already, like it's only three games in a row, I know, and it's four games into the season, but should we stop being surprised that Serge is playing well so far? And I mean that because like maybe it's just the position he's being put in is more of a position for him to succeed this year by Nick Pierce? Should we stop being surprised or just kind of, like, temper
1: expectations? Well, I think my problem with him last year, and, I mean, we just watched the game together, and the entire time I think I was muttering under my breath about Serge. (laughs) I'm not a huge Ibaka fan. Yeah. um, Which is funny because when he was with, like, the Thunder, I loved him. Mm -hmm. Um, My criticism last year was that he made really poor decisions. Yes. Wouldn't drive to the net. Um, would settle for weird shots, had a terrible shooting percentage. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had him as a power forward. They did. And now he's playing at center, which I think is way more comfortable for him. It is. He had one massive block in the first quarter of tonight's game. Mm-hmm. And then, like, posed, which I didn't love because <laughs> I wanted him to, like, hustle back to, to – Hustle on
0: to offense?
1: Hustle onto offense. offense. Um, but – He's been looking good. You're right, and like maybe this is the formation. We should note it's interesting though. Siakam actually had less time than quite a few other players. Yeah. But when he was on the court, you really felt his presence defensively. He's he, all over the place. His his line was only four points, five rebounds, two assists, no steals, no blocks. But like yeah, to your point, he was all over the place. Yeah. You felt him. You felt him getting in the lane. You felt him. Uh, he had one great dunk where uh, Lowry fed him beautifully, again, in the first quarter. And he just made a difference. Like, you felt Siakam out there more so than you felt a lot of other players out yeah. there on the Raptors. I like Siakam, and I agree with you. I think he and Abaka have a good dynamic.
0: Yeah. They definitely do. And, and we touched on this a little bit on the last podcast, right? But I think a real big thing about what's going on this season is the position of the big guys, right? Mm-hmm. So JV and Serge are both dudes that can clog the middle, right? And now you're not only adding those two guys into the paint, but you're adding their two defenders into the paint. When you put Serge... Excuse me. When you put Serge out there with Pascal, or even JV out there with Pascal you're now opening it up because those guys are on the perimeter. So now there's only two people in the key mm-hmm. surge or JV and the guy that's guarding them. And you're giving pretty solid offensive players. Like they have a lot of good touch around the basket. You're giving them a lot more room to operate. And that is putting surge in a position to succeed. And that's where I'm thinking, you know what, maybe I should, you know, stop being surprised because it's three games in a row. We're seeing surge just doing basic, simple, easy things in terms of like, Hey, I'm getting the ball in the paint. Simple jump hook. He's going to shoot over 50% if those are the chippies that he's getting. And then you're limiting those long jumpers, whether it's a long two or the threes that he was just settling for, just because it was easier for the guy guarding him to sag off and almost give him those shots, right? So we're seeing a different Serge Ibaka so far. And, I mean going to just keep riding the wave of not saying anything bad about Serge Ibaka because he's balling.
1: And I think a big part of it is just what you touched on, that they now have, with Siakam developing, they have greater depth Mm -hmm. in the forward positions, including center. And I think part of the problem last year was that Ibaka and Valanchunas don't have great uh, chemistry together offensively. for sure. Fine defensively, but on offense, they both kind of uh, inhabit the same space. Yep, Definitely. Uh, sort of the mid-range jumper mm-hmm. post option, and it just didn't work. And it forced last season Abaka more to the outside where he's not comfortable. Exactly. Um, and he's
0: and, just more liable to s- settle for the open jumper because it's
1: there. And, you know, last year everyone talked about the bench mob and yeah. how much depth the Raptors have. I think they have more depth now. For sure. And now that you have Jonas, who I love. Yeah. Um, on mainly on the bench, mm-hmm. and sort of being the lead center or forward, depending on how things shake out for the bench for the reserves, I think that makes a huge difference for the Raptors. Yeah, arguably last season, Valanciunas was the third best player on the Raptors, mm-hmm. and now to have him on the bench, like that's crazy sure. death.
0: Because the thing is, right, Jonas Valanciunas, you're Jonas. Jonas is coming off the bench. The thing is, he's probably, he could easily be your primary scorer off the bench in that situation, right? And if you start looking at the lines that him and Serge are putting up in the same game now, now that you're splitting up their minutes, Mm -hmm. right? And letting them almost be like the, well, they are not almost, they're both the feature post player for each unit. And you look in, if you start looking at it and combining their totals, you're getting like legit, legit, legit numbers as if you have like Shaq on your team. And I know that sounds stupid, but I'm Mm -hmm. like, just look at their numbers, right? JV tonight, 17 points and 10 rebounds surge tonight, 15 points and eight rebounds. Well, right. Like you combine that and that's production out of your big man spot. That's crazy. There's not many teams in the league that are going to match that production. And if you go back and look at last night's game or sorry, Saturday's game, you're looking at the exact same thing where both guys are putting up near double doubles. That's crazy production.
1: It's crazy production, and, I mean, you read out the stat lines, but it's worth noting that Jonas's 17 points was the second most on the Raptors. Yeah. yeah. Right? For a guy coming off the bench, didn't quite hit 20 minutes of playtime, uh, he and Siakam almost had equal amounts of playtime, mm-hmm. off by four seconds, whatever. Um, this is
0: what I'm saying, though, right? They get a chance to both be so efficient. Like, look at JV in 20 minutes, yeah. seven of eight field goals? Yeah. Like, that's stupid.
1: I, it's so good, and you know, in the previous seasons, people were always talking—and fairly—about how, like, the Raptors were trying to run their offense through guard. Obviously, mm-hmm. with Demar and mm-hmm. with Kyle, there it was a guard-based team. But yeah. now they have a, at all times, a very real option down low in the post, and that's before we haven't even really talked about why.
0: Well, here, here's the thing: the beauty of the Raptors' offense, and we, we were talking about it during the game, but it's one of those things where you look at how the Raptors offense is now. You just mentioned last year it was everything is Demar and Kyle, right? And that's kind of how the game started. That's kind of how the games went. And they kind of relented a bit as they integrated a new offense last year. But this year we're seeing it in full force. And there were so many times during this game where the passing was just crazy. The ball movement in this offense is crazy. You're not seeing breakdowns where someone has to settle for iso ball and someone's struggling to get a shot at the end of the shot clock. The ball is just on a string. The ball is constantly moving and guys are passing up a good shot for a better shot. And it's not even a great shot. It's just you're passing up a good shot for a better shot. And that's unselfishness because when you have everyone buying into the offense, you're not worried about, oh, well, I haven't shot in a while so I need to shoot, because you know in trusting the offense, if you have the better shot, you're going to get it. And you see that so much. And you mentioned Kawhi. Kawhi might be the perfect example of that, because he's going to be your lead scorer, but he's shooting at such an efficient clip because everything's within the construct of the offense, right?
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. They were just slicing up the Hornets with their passing tonight. I'm looking for the stat. I can't find it. But they're. I think they... Earned an assist on something like 75%. Here we go. I found it. Uh The Raptors, this was not through the game. This Mm -hmm. wasn't like the total. But at one point in the game, they had 29 assists on 39 baskets. Amazing. That is so much ball movement. And yes, part of that is a product of good shooting. Mm -hmm. For sure. Right? Like if you pass the ball and the guy sinks it, that helps you get an assist. That's how it <laughs> works. But it also talks about, it says a lot about moving to a guy who has the right matchup. Yeah. And making good decisions. Mm-hmm. And when we started this conversation, I was criticizing Ibaka and his decision making. They're making better decisions as a team.
0: Definitely. They all are. Oh, without a doubt.
1: And they're put in a position. They're putting each other in a position to succeed.
0: Mm-hmm. You saw it too with the guard play and. Kyle Lowry, Danny Green, and Kawhi Leonard. You're looking at these guys, like, the Hornets came in as, I'm pretty sure they are leading the NBA in three-point field goals made, right? Mm -hmm. The Raptors held the Hornets to just, what, 31%, 32%. They only hit nine threes in this entire game, the Charlotte Hornets, right? Again, Raptors' defense is crazy, but then you take that to the flip side and you look at the Raptors' perimeter players. Kawhi Leonard hit four threes lowry hit three threes tonight danny green hit four threes tonight right that's 11 threes the hornets has a whole team hit nine so what the raptors are doing on both ends of the floor it's just dumb and for them to be shooting such a high clip from three same exactly what we're talking about ball movement ball on the string the the skip pass the swing pass to hey i might have an okay look but if i make that one extra pass danny green's wide open yeah and that's money
1: it's like Hoosiers pass the ball three times before taking a shot.
0: Imagine if Kawhi was in Hoosiers. Oh, my God. Kawhi would score like a 100, no? Yeah. He'd be Wilt Chamberlain. He would 100. kill
1: them. <laughs> he, he, he would destroy Hickory High School.
0: Amazing. Uh, the, the Hornets were – I don't want to say they were never really in the game, but there were a lot of points – at least early on in the game, where I said to you, if they're not careful, they're getting blown out. Yeah. And it, it it got to like 10, then it would go back down to seven. Then it'd get up to like 11, go back down to six. That was the first half. Yes. And then by the end of the first half, I wrote it down here. I'm trying to find it. But by the end of the first half, it was just crazy because Raptors ended up being up by 15. And this stat here, I got this from Josh Lundberg, which I thought it was a great stat and telling of just Kawhi's impact. But The Raptors with Kawhi on the floor in the first half were plus 18. Without him, they were minus 15. And he had 15 points on nine shots in 18 minutes.
1: Yeah. Kawhi Leonard... (laughs) All I can say is, yeah. (laughs)
0: Here's the thing, though, right? Like, you're talking about impact in the game. And I feel Mm. like what you're seeing with this Raptor team... And you always saw it from Kyle Lowry, right? But you're starting to see it now because, obviously, Kawhi is another feature guy on the team. But also, Danny Green is a vet. You're seeing what Serge can do. But you're seeing these guys show that they can impact the game in so many different ways. It's not just about, oh, if my shot's going, I'm on. If your shot's not on, you're still playing great D. You're still rebounding. You're yep. still doing other things. And that's what makes this team, to me, scary the most. Like when you think about it, like what the potential is for this team. Because the Hornets aren't a great team.
1: No, but they're mid table.
0: They're still a solid team. I
1: mean, they're now five hundred, but like at the end of the season, I expect they'll be sixth, seventh, eighth in the somewhere
0: around in there. the but conference. I mean, they're a solid team, and it looked like they don't even deserve to be on the same court as Raptors. No. So that's what this game looked like to me. No,
1: I agree with you, but also, looking at the Hornets lineup, mm-hmm. they've got some legit players. Yeah, like Kemba Walker. Kemba's I solid. really like his game. Yeah. Uh, our old friend Bismack Biyombo. Brings a lot to the table. Had a nasty block in the fourth (laughs) quarter on OG and Unobi. Yeah. Um, Obviously, Tony Parker, as sort of your bench point guard. Yeah. Very wily veteran. Yeah. Has been there, done that. Knows it all. They got some dudes. They got some guys. Yeah. They They got got some some guys. I think,
0: like, if they figure out their rotation, they could be a a pesky team, as you said, down at, like, the 7-8 spot, somewhere around there, right? And
1: we, we were talking about this, again, during the game. But with LeBron leaving the Eastern Conference for the first time, mm-hmm. the Cleveland Cavaliers, despite what some might say, mm-hmm. <laughs> are not going to be the team that they were without LeBron, obviously. Um, that Poor
0: Tristan. Tristan will never live that down,
1: really. No. No, he won't. <laughs> I wasn't going to name names, but Tristan Thompson, you're wrong. Shout
0: out to Brampton.
1: <laughs> um, but they... Like the Eastern Conference is wide open, and that absence of a like powerhouse team like the Cavaliers, because no one is filling that void, it means that there's all those mid range teams who are going to get more wins. Like the definitely. wins that they w- were like a guaranteed loss against yeah. Cleveland mm-hmm. are now shifting back to them. It opens it wide open. It
0: definitely does. It definitely does. And the Eastern Conference, it's a weird thing now, and I think people will. I don't know at what point it'll, it'll be this thing where, hold on, how good are the Toronto Raptors? Mm-hmm. I don't know when that, that's going to happen because it's still early season. You're still like, you, you run into teams that might be feeling their way through things, but there's no way that the Toronto Raptors right now, like the way that they're playing, the way that they're gelling, you would assume that just because this is the beginning that there's room for improvement. Yeah, and that's kind of scary to think about. No, when you're watching them play and watching just how things are clicking.
1: Well, let me turn that back on you. Okay. What could they improve on? <laughs> I
0: don't know. I don't. It's a like, great question. Like, like realistically, you're totally right. After
1: after a game like that and playing against Washington and Boston, like everything we've seen so far in Cleveland, mm-hmm. I, I they. I mean, tonight in particular, again, not the toughest competition in the Hornets, but. Yeah. Great ball movement, great defense. We haven't even talked about how dominant their defense was tonight. Yeah, I mean you touched on it with the three point shooting, but they had great blocks. Yeah, um, you know they can score from basically all the positions depending mm-hmm. on who's the on the floor and yeah. like crazy depth. Yeah, crazy depth. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. we're talking about forwards and centers. Um, Abaka, Siakam, Valanciunas—just an incredible core of of Biggs. bigs. Also, Greg Monroe, who doesn't even play. I mean, doesn't finally even play. got some run, but yeah. And like you know, he's gonna be that wily veteran again. The other again. thing
0: I keep we keep bringing up each and every game is they still don't have Delon Wright.
1: Yeah, they and don't. He's a key part of this team. So they have just crazy depth. So you're right. Like in theory, there's always things to to in theory, yeah. in, to improve on, and I know. That our colleagues in the arena right now mm-hmm. are asking, like, where do you go from here? And they're going to be like, oh, there's lots of things you can work on. Like, <laughs> standard standard athlete response. Like, oh, you know. And, like, they'll get down on, like, how they performed in the second quarter. Which was their worst quarter.
0: Yeah.
1: But also the second, if you're going to pick a quarter to be bad in, in basketball, pick the <laughs> second quarter. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right? It's a good call. And like, call. It's not like they ever trailed in the second quarter it they the Hornets pulled within three or five points it's kind of floating around there for a bit Tony Parker came on the floor and like kind of energized the Hornets bench but it wasn't in danger you're like okay you're like giving Fred Van Vliet a hard time out there but Mm. also you know so what well like the Raptors bring back out uh Kawhi and Kyle and it's it's over
0: For sure. And you mentioned, you know, like, I don't know where the improvement comes, but one of the funny things I enjoy reading, you know, or watching when the post clips come out is the Kyle mood. Yes. Right. Post game, which I always find super interesting. And, you know, it's a tough job and you're there sometimes to be in those scrums and ask questions. But what game was it? I think it was after the Boston game. And someone asked him, like, where do you see yourself? Where do you see you guys after 20 games? And he's kind of like, I'm not a prophet. Like, what do you, what do you <laughs> want me to say, right? And it's funny Classic. because that gets looked at as the, like, salty Kyle Lowry. But at the same time, like, what do you want him to say, right? Like, we're going to be 20-0. and 0? We're going to be 10-10. and 10? Like, no matter what he says, like, it doesn't like, – what?
1: It's going it's to
0: be – So it, it, I'm loving this dynamic of watching just – the massaging let's say of this relationship of kyle lowry and people because everyone came in from their standpoints of anticipating one kyle lowry and he knows that Mm -hmm. right and watching how those two things will come together because he said all the right things so far he's obviously played amazing in every game so far yeah and it's just funny because you know that there's a segment of the media wrongly that are just waiting for it to go the other way, mm-hmm. right? Which I, which I think, I honestly think is unfair because I think that Kyle Lowry will ball, and because he knows the stakes, he knows this guy, these, this team is good, and you know, there's potential to make the NBA finals, and he's a professional basketball player. At the end of the day, he's been through a lot of stuff early on in his career, whether it's dealing with coaches or mm-hmm. having the label of a coach killer or not a, go, a coach's player, whatever. Coach killer is a wrong term for sure. But you know what I mean? Like he's had, he's had issues before. He's had issues in Toronto where, you know, Dwayne Casey acknowledged him and Kyle butting heads. So I'm just interested in that relationship, that Kyle Lowry dynamic during this whole season. Because right now, much like Serge, I mean, probably even better than Serge, Kyle is going crazy.
1: Well, let's talk about that for a minute. And, mm-hmm. like, I've met Kyle Lowry. Of course. Dozens of times. He's a hard dozens, guy. that's it? Th- that's <laughs> it. He's, he's a hard guy to get to know. He's a hard guy to read. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that he and Dwayne Casey butted heads, uh, especially at first. Yeah, He did not like DeMar DeRozan at first. Exactly. He is not a warm and fuzzy get-to-know-you kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but to your point, he is a professional. And more than that, Kawhi Leonard's not a stranger to him. Yeah. They played, uh, they've played and will continue to play for USA Basketball, Team USA.
0: Yeah, I just think that, you know what? I think that this is going to sound odd, but Kawhi just seems like he's just a, a, a basketball player. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like you could put Kawhi Leonard on a court with anybody, and he's just gonna find a way to succeed because he's, he doesn't seem like he's a selfish guy. Like there's a play I brought up to you like while it was happening where Kawhi got the ball. It was kind of a fast break, but the defense, the defense was getting back. And normally you would see star players continue hard to the basket, take the contact, and know that even if they don't make the layup, they're getting to the free throw line and shooting free throws. And Kawhi drove in and instead stopped, pulled up, waited, found Danny Green for an open three. Yeah. And I'm just kind of like, that's, that's what you want to see from your star player mm-hmm. for one. But two, like, you don't really see that that often, right? It just kind of shows the mentality of this guy that it's not like, even though he can score whenever, mm-hmm. that's not his MO. No. His MO is making the right basketball play.
1: But beyond that, like, Kyle Lowry knows that Kawhi Leonard did not ask for his best friend to be traded. exactly, yeah, like Kyle's not a child, he understands, yeah, that it's not Kawhi's fault. Furthermore, uh, Danny Green and CJ Miles Mm -hmm. were in the same class in high school, they were (laughs) they are the John and Sheldon of the Toronto Raptors, (laughs) okay. And they grew up, which one am I? That's a good question. (laughs) I'm joking, I'm
0: joking.
1: I'm gonna have to, I know, I'm gonna consider that one. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna answer that on our challenge podcast. but they they grew up together. They grew up playing against Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Kyle really really likes Danny Green. Mm-hmm. Uh I'm going to name drop I guess myself. Um I was I was at the news conference, the <laughs> opening season news conference. Yes. The famous one where Kawhi laughed and everyone yeah. roasted him for it and continues to roast him for it. Which is so weird. And anyways. and I at that news conference I asked Kyle um you know how excited are you to play with Danny Green, a guy that you've never played with but have played against? Your And he lit up. Yeah. And that was – you saw the news conference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was classic salty Kyle. Yeah. But it, at that question is not salty. He no. genuinely likes Danny Green. Danny Green and Kawhi – like, the all the ingredients here's are there.
0: Here, here's it's going to be fine. Totally. And here's the thing, right, that I feel like, you know – I'm tiptoeing around this for sure. But media narratives, right? And things mm-hmm. that end up be becoming stories and things like that, right? Like, you got to understand it from the athlete perspective, right? In a lot of these situations, they know or they end up feeling as if you're trying to get them in trouble. Yes. Right? And so...
1: And that's definitely the case with Kyle.
0: Definitely. And so if you're coming in and asking him something that's not about DeMar DeRozan mm-hmm. or not about how's your relationship with Kawhi, he's going to be more than ready to answer that question because it's something different, right? It's something that's not just
1: the same, like... And it's not going to get him in trouble because he's just praising his new teammate. And
0: because, remember, after game one, someone did ask him, oh, the relationship with you and Kawhi looked great, blah, 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 and he stopped, he cut the guy off, and he's like, it's one game, man. Mm -hmm. Right? And it's just, Kyle is is Kyle, right? And he he kind of sees what the... He knows the situation, right? And Mm -hmm. he has his guard up, and you totally understand that. You totally get that but watching him do what he's doing it's interesting he 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 won't get this this what i guess i'm going to call our king of the court for tonight's game <laughs> but who who was your main guy tonight that you think showed out for the raptors
1: uh before we get to that i have to tell you one little talking point okay that i made a point of not bringing up to you okay cuz i like to surprise you keep you on I'm your listening. toes i don't know how true this is but did you see that Kyle Lowry mm-hmm. maintains that we all mispronounce his first name.
0: Is this for real? What do you mean?
1: I don't know if he was, like, pulling someone's leg, but he said in an interview that we all mispronounce his name. It's not Kyle with two syllables. It's Cal. Cal. Cal Lowry.
0: That's just a, that's just a, an American twang, though.
1: I know, but because we're all Canadians and Kyle. we love hitting our syllables. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's just Canadian. That's just twang. That's not. Oh, I, I'm not mad at him for that. I'm not mad at him either. Just I just twang. think it's funny. That's just some American twang, Kyle.
1: It's like when Ariana Grande. We've all been saying her name wrong as well. Whatever, Ariana Grande can get out of here. Oh wow, but Pete um, Davidson fan number one just nope, showed up. No, nope, no, nope. nothing to do with <laughs> Pete Davidson. Just like whatever. Mac um, Miller fan number one. Nope. <laughs> nope.
0: Actually if I think back to it it probably has to do with her brother. Is it her brother? Was on Big Brother? was on Big Brother? That's probably where that's that feeling stems from.
1: But again, we'll save that for the Challenge podcast. <laughs> I'll tell you who my king of the court was. Are you just
0: plugging the Challenge podcast? Is that yes, what's going on? Yes, you killed right
1: it. <laughs> my entire A straight plug is that, my, is that what's going my on? My entire right plan now? was to come on <laughs> to your podcast yeah. in Shanghai for our podcast. And also i
0: shouldn't we do the opposite because like the you killed it podcast is like probably way more popular than this podcast so should we be doing the opposite
1: i'm just trying to keep it that way (laughs) no 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 i'm not doing we'll Well we will plug we'll we'll we'll, we'll have some cross-pollination to answer your question my king of the court yeah for your toronto raptors Mm -hmm. danny green I love Danny Green. Okay. I thought he was a huge steal in that trade. Like the fact that he was a throw-in.
0: Yeah, and I always wonder that, right? Like that's how he gets it gets labeled. But I honestly wonder if Masai Ujiri was kind of like, oh no, we want Danny Green. Like it wasn't a throw-in. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, I'm not we, sure. We all just have assumed that, but I don't know if it was if that was the actual case. Like that was a perception, but. I don't know if that was the actual case. I'd love to get that from Masai Ejiri, actually. It's a good point. Should save that question. but
1: I thought, I thought he had a fantastic game, though. He, definitely. Did. His line was 16 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal, 2 blocks. Defense? Two, 2 of the 5 Toronto Raptors blocks. I think it was 5 blocks that they had. Defense? Uh, 75% shooting. Mm-hmm. 66.7% from 3-point range take it and just great defense like and and timely defense yeah and you know great passing and great movement (laughs) just all over the court you noticed him every time he was out there and he only played I mean only he played 26 minutes 24 seconds but I really felt like he was the guy to keep your eye on and sure Kawhi had more points uh as did Valanchunas and he did not have the most rebounds, but you just felt Danny Green's presence. Yeah. At all time. even more than Kyle Lowry, I I felt like I was more aware of Danny Green. Kyle Lowry, who had 14 assists, yeah. like a great performance too. But
0: as time goes on, I think we'll we'll realize the full value of Danny Green in terms mm-hmm. of just watching that he is a knockdown shooter. Like he is a legit yes. legit shooter. And so as time goes along, we'll kind of recognize that and understand mm-hmm. the importance of it because we haven't really seen a shooter like that on the raptors right like yeah. cj miles as advertises one of those shooters yeah but whether it's minutes or whatever he mm-hmm. hasn't been consistently that guy yeah danny green will be that guy on top of playing defense
1: we'll put it this way if you compare last season's raptors to this season's raptors mm-hmm. again it's early small sample size yada yada but last season i would have said that your three best Raptor, Raptors, I know how to say it, Raptors, were DeMar, Kyle, and Jonas, Jonas being number three, okay. in my opinion. I got you. But you could debate whether or not Jonas was number
0: yeah. three. I, p- some people you might get a Fred Van Fleet,
1: yeah. maybe. But, yeah, I get But, your like, point that's point. probably the your majority. Point. Now, the Raptors traded, sure, they traded DeMar, who was arguably their best player, probably their best player. They get Kawhi in, who's definitely their best player now. Mm-hmm. but Danny Green is, I think, definitely their third best player now.
0: That's interesting. It's an interesting argument,
1: for right? sure. And an suddenly, argument. Jonas, who has not lost a step, he had a double-double. We yeah. just finished praising him. He's now maybe your fourth or fifth best player, and the way they're now using him in Ibaka, yeah. like so much more depth just by that addition of Danny Green. And importantly, I think, Kawhi and Danny are so much better. I'm speaking as if they're my best friends, Kawhi and Danny. Leonard and Green mm-hmm. are so much better defensively, yeah. just naturally, mm-hmm. in terms of cutting off passing lanes and getting steals and getting blocks and tipping shots, getting their hands and faces. It's the little things. It's the little things that make this team so much harder to play. Yeah.
0: No, nope, I totally agree. So much harder. Totally agree with you there. Uh, One other thing I want to do on these podcasts, we'll kind of talk about like who our king of the quarter MVP is of the Mm -hmm. game. We'll talk about who our X Factor is or whatever. But I also want to do something like, what did we learn about both teams tonight, right? Okay. So we'll start with, what did we learn about the Raptors? And I'll start first. Yeah, I want to hear it. What did we learn about, the what I learned about the Raptors tonight was that I'm going to get used to big-time games from Serge Ibaka and Jonas Valanciunas,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: the reason being is because they're put in a better position to succeed because they're not playing with each other, so that opens up the floor for each of them. That allows them to be the the, the centerpiece. Pardon the pun. Didn't mean to do that, but that's terrible.
1: No, no, that's fine. I love of, puns.
0: Of the offense when they're in the game, right? And as mentioned, the spacing this year makes everything so much more different for this offense. And so when someone shoots, it's basically Serge or JV, who are both two solid rebounders, one-on-one against whoever the other team's big is. Mm-hmm. And in most instances, they're going to come away with that rebound, right? Or even if you dump it into those guys, they're two solid players that <coughs> you're probably not going to dump it into them and and have them, like, go one-on-one You know what I mean? You're probably not going to do that often, but you can do that. Yeah. More importantly, on the dribble drive uh, breakdowns, when you get Kyle or you get Fred or whatever, they're good at finishing around the basket. They have good hands to catch and finish at the basket. So you're going to see them shoot high percentages and then put up near double-doubles each. And so the trend that I want people to pay attention to going forward is combining their two numbers each night and then see that center, like what the Raptors are getting from that position each night, and you're going to see a legit starting center's numbers, right? Like, And by legit, I mean like an all-star starting center's yes. numbers. When you put those two guys' numbers together night after night, that's a production of what a starting a starting all-star center would be. That's what I learned tonight from the Raptors, because I've seen it now, what, three out of the four games mm-hmm. at least? I think it, it's it's going to be more of a trend as opposed to an anomaly, is that right? Yes. Did I say that correctly? Yeah, nailed it. See, that's a thing from our challenge podcast <laughs> where I say something and then I'm like, "I'm not the smart one, John." Did I get that right? You're
1: <laughs> no, the writer. you nailed it. You You're got the writer. it right. Um, what did you learn about
0: the Toronto Raptors?
1: Well, before uh, I oh, s- sorry before I say what, did what you I learned
0: for me. Oh.
1: <laughs> oh, what I wanted to make the point that with. Um, I think I'm super high on JV. Yeah, and like you always tweet, let JV cook, or you did last season, and I often retweeted you. It's a thing. It's a thing. I love JV, but realistically, I thought last season he was a top five center in the league.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I and like you just think
0: like it's not he's not getting the opportunities that some other guys are getting.
1: Well, no, I I just thought that he was dominant last season. He has almost. Uh, averaged a double double the past three years. Okay, and now with Serge back in a place where he feels comfortable, mm-hmm. he's going to be in the conversation. I think for top ten centers in the league, you combine having like two of arguably the top ten centers in the league in the yeah. same front court,
0: yeah.
1: rotating off, and yeah. like to your point, it creates like all kinds of matchup problems. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say, I mean, they're playing the Minnesota Timberwolves yeah. uh, on Wednesday. They are. Let's say, you know, you put out your A-team, obviously, against the Raptors starters. Then it's second quarter, you're putting out your reserves. Who guards JV? It's true. Like, who it's do you put point. out? It's to, a great point. And, again, to your point, if you put a, a, on, like, a an athletic forward guard combo who can, like, keep pace with JV... And maybe like cut off passes and stuff. That guy's not guarding Fred Van Vliet. Yeah. Like it creates, or yeah. OG and Yenobi, yeah, or like yeah, yeah, it creates yeah. so many issues. For or sure. Or CJ Miles. That like, point you
0: just made, though, is the thing, right? Those are Serge Ibaka and Jonas Valanciunas are guys that both could start on what 80% of teams in the NBA. Yes. And so now 100%. you have one of them coming off the bench mm-hmm. and going against a backup big that in this era of the NBA, a backup big is probably an undersized big or super slow oversized big. Do you yep. know what I mean? So yep. either way that's a matchup problem. And so yeah, they'll have the advantage each and every night.
1: Yep. Definitely. Um, the thing I well, learned most
0: nights. I shouldn't say each and every night. Most nights. I'm not I'm trying to to calm my hyperbole and not be too hype it's about tough. the Toronto Raptors right now. It's tough. Because I am hype. I'm the, hype.
1: The undefeated Toronto Raptors. Four no. Oh. Um I what I learned though was that the Raptors passing mm-hmm is also yeah. going to be uh, a huge problem for opposing teams. And you and I talked about this. Oh, I feel like we're saying this a lot. We talked about this previously. But the uh, I really think that last season, especially in the postseason, the problem of the Raptors was that Kyle and DeMar just wanted to play with each other. Yeah. And, like, Jonas would do really well in the first quarter, but then he wouldn't get – Passed the ball in the fourth quarter. Yeah,
0: definitely, that was always a thing. He'd put up great numbers in the first half, and then fourth quarter time or second half, and not only would he not even get the ball, sometimes he wasn't even in the game. In case yeah. he wouldn't go back to him.
1: Yeah, and like I don't under I don't know what the dynamic was, why that was, because I'm like he looked great in the first quarter. At least like yeah, keep yeah. defenses honest for sure by by you know pounding it to the paint to mm-hmm. JV, but now. They're all passing to each other, yeah. Like, uh, to me, and that's the biggest thing because I think obviously basketball is a team sport, Mm -hmm. but I think that to be truly successful, yeah, long term, you need to be passing, yeah. (laughs) Not to, not to again bring up Coach Norman Dale from Hickory High. (laughs) <laughs> but, but really, you just
0: recently watch Hoosiers or something? No, I just love that movie. Oh, okay, fair enough.
1: Just a general I, I love for Hoosiers. Just yeah. love Hoosiers. Um, but a, a, a team can make a better team look bad if they pass the ball and work matchups and get guys out of position. That is fair. And previous iterations of the Raptors relied so heavily on DeMar and Lowry to just dominate yeah. and to pass between the two of them. But now... Who do you guard? Like, realistically, who do you guard? I mean, in theory, starting lineup on the Raptors, weakest guy is Siakam.
0: But the thing is, there's... But there's, he's not
1: that weak. Here's a
0: reality, right? Like, the, in reality, if you're a team, and teams aren't game planning for, like, three dudes. No. Right? So you're coming in and playing against the Toronto Raptors. You're saying, okay, they got Kawhi Leonard. How do we stop Kawhi Leonard? Then you're like, Kyle Lowry's also an all-star, so we got to be focused on him. Then okay, Danny Green also starts, can't leave him alone, so we got to guard the three-point mm-hmm. line. Like, how far down is JV and then whoever, which one, ever one of them's coming off the bench, right? So it's, and most people don't know about Pascal yet. That's no. the thing. So right now where the Raptors are at, obviously they're 4-0, and so it's super easy for us to mm-hmm. be like, oh man, this is great, this is great. And, you know, I try to quell everyone's expectations by reminding that this isn't going to, it's not, they're not going 82 and 0, right? So there's going to be slip ups. There's going to be adversity at certain points of the season. We're not there yet. And I don't know where necessarily that's going to come from. But right now, this team looks legit. And yes. When they made the trade, I know there's a lot of different, amongst the fan base, there's a lot of different talk about how this was going to go, what this is going to be like. And my thing was always with this Toronto Raptor team, they were already a good. They're mm-hmm. already a good regular season team, right? Mm-hmm. You you saw the 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 possibility or the seeds of this offense last year, so now you add in Kawhi, and in, and this sounds so simplistic, but you add in Kawhi as you said, who's better than Demar. You add in Danny Green, who's going to give who's another starter, mm-hmm. right? So now you're upping your starting lineup, that pushes everyone else down a notch. So mm-hmm. you're giving yourself more depth, and again. Those guys are already really good. Fred Van Fleet's really, really good. Yeah. And this team is going to be great. And so as long as everyone stays healthy, I said this before the season, so we can go back and check the tapes. There's receipts. But if everyone stays healthy, this team is winning 60 games. Like that's yeah. what's going to happen during the season. And the playoffs are when, he, hey, this is why we got Kawhi Leonard. Yes. Because our stars consistently might have faltered in the playoffs or maybe our. And I'm saying our, I know, that's terrible. But, you know, the stars of the Toronto Raptors have faltered in the playoffs. The stars of the the Toronto Raptors, you know, maybe were asked to do a little too much in the playoffs in terms Mm -hmm. of game plan and whatever. But when you're watching how this team's playing now, Mm -hmm. you're just looking at it and thinking, okay, when are the big boy games, right? Like, And I I think, too, like, the Wolves are a big boy game. Like, that's a legit team. But I'm talking, like, Okay, when are I know the Golden State games are coming? Yes, right. I know like the Lakers games are coming, like that's in a Mm -hmm. couple weeks. Like these things are coming, but I'm so excited for those games, right?
1: Oh, well, and you know, last season they almost beat the Warriors twice, exactly. It came down to Houston's another big boy came down to they did
0: beat Houston last year, they
1: beat Houston, but they both times they played the Warriors, they almost beat them. Came down to last minute of play, maybe one stars making plays and stars making plays.
0: I think one was Steph, one was KD, if I'm not mistaken. But anyways. And
1: in both cases, it's going to be a harder matchup for the Warriors now. Of course it is. Because the Warriors have incredible depth, Mm -hmm. obviously. And just their big, I mean, four at this point is also ridiculous. But if the Raptors stick to the game plan of moving the ball around and catching one of the Warriors out of position, and at the same time you've got Green and Leonard – who are very diverse defenders yeah. mm-hmm. and can match up well against everyone. And, like, Lowry can give uh, Curry a tough time. Yeah. It's, Here, here's the thing it's a very interesting match. It's intriguing. Here's
0: the thing, though, right? Like, the Raptors were a lot easier to game plan when it was DeMar DeRozan because you kind of know his game, right? Like, his game was set up in a certain way. But if you're talking about this team, it's tough, tougher to game plan a system.
1: Yeah, because exactly. you have
0: these parts and it's ball movement. And, what, and I think that's why Golden State just murders teams, right? Because, mm-hmm. great, Kevin Durant's amazing. Steph Curry's amazing. Klay Thompson is a great shooter. Like, those are three of, arguably, the best shooters of their generation all on the same team, right? Yeah, And so, obviously, that team's going to be good. But add in their offense, and that's why they're, they were untouchable for the past like three years, because the way that their offense works and the ball movement and mm-hmm. Draymond making that extra pass. And you look at the Raptors, and again, I did say this before the season started, so again, go check the receipts, but the Raptors obviously don't have, like, those four all-stars. They have, like, the the players aren't as good, but the formula to success is the same in terms of ball movement, three-point shooting, we guard and defend and play defense, and watching the shift in the NBA go from, like, Beals on the last podcast was crushing John Wall, right Mm -hmm. and and just watching the nba shift from guards that play that style of the like dribble 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 drive mid-range game to no like this is about shooting yeah and watching that shift and it's ball movement and shooting threes watching that shift and having a team that we watch each and every night do that is incredible like watching that transition in this raptors offense in comparison to what it was let's say two years ago when it's just kyle and damar iso ball Mm -hmm. this is incredible it's crazy to watch.
1: It's night and day.
0: It, it definitely, definitely is. Um, on the flip side, and we won't spend that much time on it because obviously they got blown out, but did we learn? what did we learn about the Charlotte Hornets?
1: Tony Parker plays for them?
0: <laughs> That's so funny you said that because <laughs> the thing that I learned about the Charlotte Hornets, and I can't even find it right now, but uh why could i find it right now the thing that i learned about your charlotte Hornets was that <laughs> yes. i can't find it right now what is going on
1: i, I just love the phrase your i don't mean your, your is it? no no mm-hmm. i just i think it's just like this it's a a sports journalist chirp like a oh, low yeah yeah yeah
0: i think it started from Wilbon and kornheiser that's my thought because will Bond and kornheiser would always have the sarcastic your boy That's definitely not your boy.
1: No, and that's I just love that, especially like the shittier the team, the better it is. (laughs) Yes,
0: it works so well, but I I think that's where it does come from. I I think so. I could be wrong. Someone listening or watching could tell us that, but I was going to say the thing that I learned about the Charlotte Bobcats is that they're Charlotte Bobcats. Wow. I learned they're not the Charlotte Bobcats anymore. They are (laughs) the Charlotte Hornets, Uh, but I learned that their coach's name is James Borrego, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but that's their head coach now. That's what I learned about the Charlotte Hornets. Cool. Cool story, huh? Um, Looking ahead a little. Let's look ahead (laughs) to... I love
1: that that's all we're giving the Hornets.
0: Hey, when you get blown out, I mean, they weren't even in the game. This game was over in the third quarter. Yeah. Like, over in the third quarter, right? So, how much time are we going to spend? Hey, Kemba cooked. Kemba's always going to cook.
1: Well, see, here's the thing, and I really like Kemba Walker, but he doesn't ever really cook. He microwaves. (laughs) Right? Like, you, you'll you be like, oh, man, he's so explosive. He's so dynamic. He has this going on. And then you, like, look at his stat line and, like, this is – I don't know what his stat line was for tonight. I will look it up it to back okay. up my point. Yeah, but it's always just okay. He had 26 yeah. points, which led the team, mm-hmm. but, like, five rebounds and five assists. Like Nothing it, crazy. Nothing to write home and about. And he's also totally capable of having, like, nine points – three rebounds and eight assists like that's kind of a standard ish Kemba Walker line yeah and I just I don't want to say that he's inconsistent but like you always think he's gonna do more and then like you see his numbers at the end and you're like oh is that all like um I'm looking up his career stats pause pause while I do that
0: no problem Uh, Kemba, Kemba is solid. I mean, I'm not mad at Kemba Walker at all. He made the all-star game last year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's a def, he's definitely a solid player. And there were a lot of rumors last year, uh, that he might've been part of that new Cavs team that they were trying to keep Mm -hmm. LeBron, right. When there were all the Mm -hmm. rumors last year, what trades would be made. And could he be enough to want to keep LeBron in, in Cleveland? Could he be enough to help LeBron win a title last year when they're trying to blow up their team? And, (laughs) you know, They made no bones about it in Charlotte that he was someone that they wanted to keep on their team, and he wanted to stay there and be a part of that team as well, right, which I think is a big factor for a small market team like that.
1: So his career average is 19 points, uh, 3.7 rebounds, and 5.4 assists. Mm -hmm. Those are good stats. Yeah. But those are also like Jose Calderon's stats.
0: Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not going to diss Kemba like that. Not going to diss Kemba like that. I will not allow that Kemba Walker. St- of bringing up Jose Calderon to Kemba. Uh, Jose is oh, my guy. I love I Jose. Not, no, I was not a Jose guy. Wow. I was a TJ Ford guy.
1: Wow. Really? <laughs>
0: That's crazy. Good thing there was no rapid up gate, uh, post game shows then. We're
1: beefy now.
0: I, no, no, no. My TJ Ford takes would, Probably would not age well (laughs) at all. They'd be career
1: enders.
0: (laughs) They definitely would not age well at all. Uh, Let's look ahead a little, though. The Raptors' next game is on Wednesday. Yes. As they will take on the...
1: Minnesota Timberwolves.
0: Minnesota Timberwolves, who are currently... Or actually, they just won. Game over. Minnesota has defeated the Pacers tonight. 101-91. But the big news here is Andrew Wiggins only played eight minutes. He left the game with an injury. And I'm trying to see if he came back, and I'm not seeing... Uh, I don't think he did come back in this game. But uh, the T-Wolves so far, obviously they've been an early season story just because of all the Jimmy Butler stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, they're off to a 2-2 two and two start so far this season. And there's a lot of drama going on with this team. But at the end of the day, again, Wiggins' status is uncertain right now. But even with just Towns and Jimmy Butler... It's a pretty solid team. You can't sleep on that team, right?
1: No. You can't sleep on that team. But, I mean, if the Raptors played like they played tonight, <laughs> it's not going to be a close game, especially without Wiggins if he cannot play.
0: This will be an interesting matchup because I feel like it'll be the first time that we get to see exactly what I'm talking about in terms of JV and Serge go up against one of the top big men in the league, right? Yeah. So this will be an interesting test for both of them. It'll be a test of our who... theory. Exactly. I wonder who they'll put up to guard, like, who, who's going to start. Like, do you start JV against Towns because he's a bigger, more traditional big guy? Or do you put Serge in the starting lineup because Serge is more agile? Or, here's the other question, do you even just put Pascal on him, right? Like, there's there's options there for the Toronto Raptors, which I think is the, the beauty of it. But also, I just want to see how Serge and uh, JV react to... A front court of Towns and and Taj Gibson, who are solid. Like Taj Gibson isn't like a great player, but he's a solid defensive yep. guy that will like grind it out. Like he'll make you work for your buckets. He'll make you earn your uh, stats.
1: I think it. Uh, I think it'll be an interesting battle in the front court. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, again, if if you're playing the Raptors and you're getting into that like front court, like trying to match up like who yeah. we're playing and and so on. It's just leaving Kawhi sure. and Kyle open to do for their sure. thing.
0: It's Kyle, Kawhi, and Jimmy. You gotta match it's like Jimmy Butler and Teague are not matching up against Kyle Lowry and, and no. Kawhi, right? And,
1: right. and so again, Wiggins Danny Green, part. right? Yeah. Wiggins At, is
0: a big part. You yeah, need Wiggins.
1: And we saw it tonight, Danny Green is great of sliding in, mm-hmm. uh, and like recognizing a play develop and sliding off his man to be the help. Yeah, that's gonna be a problem for the Timberwolves, especially if Wiggins is injured.
0: For sure. And Andrew Wiggins, I mean, I don't know what what to make of this season so far for Andrew Wiggins because, you know, as mentioned, Towns had a pretty bad opening night. I think Wiggins hasn't really shot the ball well this season at all anyways, Mm -hmm. right? Like, he's kind of struggled so far shooting the ball. But that team, the potential is there for that team. And you go back to last year, and again... That was a team that was in third place in a very tough Western Conference before mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler got hurt. So this is a, a it's a big-boy matchup for the Toronto Raptors. And, you know, I hope Wiggins does get to play because, mm-hmm. you know, that's a Canadian kid coming home, playing Hometown in the city. Boy. He'll probably have a bunch of, you know, of his friends and family that want to see him. So I hope that the injury is minor Whatever it was,
1: and... uh, Selfishly, that's what my assignment is on Wednesday, to do a story (laughs) on Andrew Wiggins. (laughs) So I kind of need him to be present and available. For sure. uh, And to do things.
0: Uh, This says, Andrew Wiggins' injury is a contusion, but we won't know more until tomorrow, per Tom Thibodeau. Day-to-day is the word.
1: All right. Um, I also need to point out, I looked it up on Basketball Reference, and in terms of similarity scores for Kemba Walker...
0: Okay. I'm listening.
1: Here's who he is most similar to. Number one with a bullet, Kevin Martin.
0: Wow. See, I don't like these comparisons. That's not I number
1: well, Number two, Otis Birdsong. I don't know who that is. Okay. Mike Conley. Okay. Lenny Wilkins, who <laughs> probably went on to greater contributions <laughs> as a coach. Paul uh, Pressey. Yeah. Andy Phillip. Baron Davis. B. Diddy. I love Baron Davis. Michael Redd, Rod Strickland, and Mike Bibby. Those are his similarity scores. All I think
0: of his sickening guarantee made him jump like Rod Strickland. That's, <laughs> all. Like, that's, that's all that I think of when you said that.
1: My point is just that he's not – he doesn't say he's the – He's a solid he's, guy. He's yeah. solid. He's, he's above solid. average.
0: Yeah. He's solid in the right year, in the right conference. He'll, he can be an all-star because he puts up enough numbers.
1: He's a good piece. Yes. Like Jose Calderon. No. I
0: refuse that one. People back me up please in the comments of this. Please back me up in this. Raptors fans, whoever fans, basketball fans. I will not I will not take that slander on Jose Calderon being in the same league as Kemba Walker. Will not stand for it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Can't do it. Won't do it. Uh <laughs> Sorry, I, I just went off on a tangent there. But John, yes. as we wrap up this edition of Wrap It Up, and I didn't mean to do that. That is absolutely terrible,
1: You're John. just I mean, a naturally is, gifted broadcaster?
0: Is, no, that is terrible. I hate cheesy shit like that. That I is love, so I terrible. I love that.
1: It it's would, so bad. It would work better if you just didn't acknowledge it, if you just owned it.
0: I can't own that, though. That's cheesy. I have just to call be, myself out on that.
1: No, you, you just got to bring it's that...
0: So, your Toronto <laughs> Raptors. Toronto Raptors 127-106 victory to improve to 4-0. To <laughs> so improve to 4-0 this season. Raptors on a massive streak to start the season looking great. And again, your high score, Kawhi Leonard with 22 points. Jonas Valančiūnas. Jonas Valančiūnas off the bench, 7 of 8, 17 points. Big win for the Toronto Raptors and thank you, John, for joining me. On this edition. My absolute pleasure. Wrap it up. Um, If the people want to tell you about your bad Jose Calderon Kemba Walker takes. Yes. Where can they find you on this thing we call the social medias?
1: Um, At Sheldon Alexander. No. (laughs) No, you can get me at J. Chidley Hill and I will spell that in case they're not familiar with my brand. It's fair. J-C-H-I-D-E-Y-H-I-L-L. It's a long name
0: maybe i'll put a key up but i probably
1: won't to be you honest. you can live your life <laughs> and also listen to me on you killed it the podcast about the challenge yeah if there's with... like
0: mtv challenge fans out there for sure if you want to talk raptors basketball or the challenge i guess you can find me on twitter at shell alexander uh on instagram Sheldon alexander Shout out to the people on the YouTube page, liking and subscribing, and mm-hmm. watching all of the YouTube content. And if you want to find us on YouTube or on iTunes or SoundCloud or Google Play, just search On Blast Podcast. You can find this and every other episode of Wrap It Up. Which, if you want to tune in live, you do that on Twitter at Shell Alexander. After each and every Toronto Raptors game, we'll be here talking ball. I'll be joined with. One of my friends, I keep it as a tease. You never know who's going to show up as the feed pops up, but I'll be here with someone, and we'll be talking ball, talking Toronto Raptors, and, you know, just having a good time.
1: And maybe talking Hoosiers? Um, no, we will <laughs> not be talking
0: Hoosiers. Again, it's so, like, fake and such a terrible I'm not going to say it's terrible. You know, I'm not going to say that. But the basketball scenes are kind of like, come on, man. Like, the picket fence, like, come on.
1: Bro. you got to throw the picket That's fence terrible. at him. That's terrible.
0: But until next time, (laughs) until next time, a wise man once said, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up Ball on Blast Raps post-game show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. (laughs) Until next time, see ya.